If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is Flatbed is like <laughs> This is the Flatbed Podcast, brought to you as always by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. From the man who brought us the Royal Crown Futurity and Zestera Products, we've got Matt Zancanella. Uh, had a great, had an insightful thought on how the futurities work. His vision for where it's going. Uh, Matt's a thoughtful guy. He's a very he's a very well spoken guy. Really enjoyed the podcast. Glad to have him on. Okay, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're not driving, please go rate and review the podcast. It is tremendous help. It helps us spread out to new audiences and people who may not have discovered the podcast yet. Check out TeamEquinity.com. Equinity Horse XL has eight amino acids to promote cellular repair. No fillers, no sugars, no starches, no soy, no loading dose. I could not believe the difference it made in my horse in a short period of time. We're talking a few days, but wait until you see what it'll do in a month. Matt Zancanella, founder. What's your what's your official title at Royal Crown? Founder, owner, president? I'm just I'm half owner. I did I've thought the idea up years ago and a lot of years behind the wheel of rodeoing and and started raising horses. I guess it would have been probably 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, we started raising horses. Um, me and my sisters were into the trying to make barrel horses and prospects, you know, and fraternity, tried to do a little fraternity in. I roped and tried to get them broke as I could for them, and then they'd take them on and make barrel horses out of them. And I... Uh, and I bought a stud, I guess, right about then. And what stud was it? Lion Share Fame. Oh yeah. Um, we bought him on the internet. Really, he really he went through the heritage place and no sailed him, and we ended up buying him. My sister found him, and we bred horses. And we were kind of, I mean, you know, it's like a lot of guys rodeo on, especially before you ever make, you know, you just barely getting by rodeoing and then you make the final make a little money but i never ever had one of those hundred thousand dollar finals so we were trying to raise these horses or, or we started raising horses well then we started getting in different programs and and the amount of money we we're spending every year on on our colts and paying this nomination fee and this nomination fee on these colts and then out of the five or six colts we'd raise <laughs> we wouldn't even get to 30 a.m half of them didn't make it we we Turdied a few, you know, but we, it just wasn't very good setup for us. And I'd drive down the road thinking to myself, here I am spending, you know, 2500 some years, some years 7500 in nomination fees. And I was having heck feeding my mares. I mean, right, let, alone, right. let alone all this, you know. And I, But I wanted to breed horses because I couldn't afford the kind of horses that I wanted to ride. And that's yeah. that was the, kind of what started us in the breeding deal is, we wanted we wanted to get some horses that we could that we could raise didn't cost us fifteen thousand because it seemed like we had a you know a champagne taste with a beer budget right, so right. I mean it was that's kind of what started it and the horse at junior rode this year that everybody pretty much everyone agreed across the board would have been horse of the year if he had had quarter horse papers that's out of that stud right it's by that stud yeah or by that stud lion share fame and and what's he, he's he's out of an app mare. How did you? Okay, so of course we're gonna ask. How do you decide? You got a stud that you paid this money for. He's kind of the cornerstone of your program. What caused you to decide you're gonna try to cross it on an app? Well, she was a sorrel mare. I headed on her. She she was really bred well. Um, she was a crop out app. Didn't have the spots. And you know, at that point, we were just trying to find any mare to make breed. horses. You know, we wanted to have some <laughs> mares to breed to see what this stud was that we bought and yeah. So we bred a lot of, you know, we bred that mare. She, I think she had four or five siblings, and he was the youngest one of the, of the ones before she died. But, yeah, he, he's a freak, and he's really, you know, lion's share fame in the head, and, you know, a lot of people are starting to know him now, and, and you're getting more people trying. But I've started probably 10, 10 head, maybe 15 total in my life, lion's share fame's in the head, and, 
or actually probably, I mean, then, and actually went on with probably four or five that didn't go as barrel horses or something like mm -hmm. that. But they're very trainable. And I mean, they want to score and, and something that I've learned just messing with head horses. And I've been a head horse connoisseur since <laughs> before time. I mean, when I was rodeo and I knew the whole game was if I could have a head horse, I'd always have a header. Yeah. So, I mean, I tried to have head horses my whole career. I mean, I'd haul horses around. I was a guy that'd pull in with six head and a four horse trailer. Who I did, had head horses. Who did you have? Who were you rodeoing with that was riding your horses? I rode a lot of guys that rode my horses. Bubba Buckaloo, Kobe Sidaway, Ty Blassengame, um, Brooks DeHosey, Wes Goodrich. I mean. So you just figured as long as you had good head horses to ride, then you're going to be in headers. That was my goal is to have yeah. a great head horse. Um, actually, probably the greatest head horse I ever owned until Dylan was uh, I had a horse, sorrow ball face horse, and I was roping Mike Booth. I think it was 1995 maybe. And he had an old horse, Stoney, called, and he was 20-some years old, and he could throw his whole rope and hook him, but, if, you know, he, that was his only game. Yeah. And I had a young subtle ball face horse that I'd rode. We'd had around there for probably three years. We'd bought him off the racetrack. I bought him the same time. In fact, I bought the best heel horse I ever owned in my life. I got him on the same load. Really? It was a deregulate horse, Candyman, I called him. He won reserve horse a year in the Healing, one year at the, or in the PRCA. And, but anyway, this horse come with him. We had it on him three or four years. He was a phenomenal animal, and we went to... Salt Lake City, Utah, we won both rounds in the average at Salt Lake City was the first rodeo, rodeo mount. Um, Lewiston, Idaho, we won both rounds in the average. Lewiston, Idaho, second rodeo he ever rode him at. Third rodeo he rode him out was Pendleton, Oregon, and he had it on this steer, I would have said before God knew about it. I mean, fastest <laughs> I've ever seen anyone have it on at Pendleton. And that horse drug his butt and he fell down and he broke his leg. And Mike Booth broke his leg that same day. Well, it ended up Mike Booth died that yeah. from that accident. But that you were roping with Mike, Mike when that Booth, happened, yep. really. And that was, I mean, was that? And I don't mean to get sidetracked at all, but like living in the Northwest for the last ten years, that's a story that kind of everybody is familiar with. And I don't know that I've ever heard the details of it. I yeah, it was just a wreck at Pendleton. I mean, it horse goes down. Horse goes down, falls. He tries to catch, horse tries to catch himself with the front leg, breaks his leg. Falls on Mike, just simple, simple broken leg. Which has happened since you know, with no and, real bad thing. I mean, and, there's people that get injured yeah. up there. And Pendleton, Oregon, I don't know. Back in the day, I swear it was the damnedest hospital I'd ever seen. I mean, <laughs> walk in there and it's just literally swinging doors between you and the patient area wow. where they worked on them. And we came in there that day as with Wes Moore and Cameron Moore. And, and he, uh, sorry, he, uh, they were actually right in the room the next room putting chalkers on him, trying to revive him. And we literally, we were walking in to get him. No kidding. And thought it was, thought it was, and thought it was a broken leg, end up getting a blood clot. No, right? it was a broken leg, a bone chip got in his bloodstream. No kidding. And that's what got him. But yeah, that, that was a wild story, but that was a. What a weird day. Yeah, the best head horse. Best head horse I ever owned and at that time. And then and your buddy. Then it took me till, I guess it's been four years since I got another one. So that was wow. 1995. Yeah. And I've, I've not quit trying to get head horses. Yeah. Either. Right. I've been, right. It's not like you let I've up. I've had so many of them. It's not even funny. I mean, but. Well, you said it and I'm, I'm curious if you would agree here. You said they all want to score. It's hard for me to put a lot of time and effort into looking for horses that don't have a little bit of run in them somewhere. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, well, they can run. I say there's, there are two things: that score and run. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, you, if they'll score and they'll run, um, I can't. I can't. Larry Baby from home, and I can't remember his last name. Older guy that roped the BFI team roper. No, what's his dad gummit? I hate doing this. I can't remember names. He said it's hard to make a horse stand there and score his whole life if he doesn't have some run in him. And and his logic was. Yeah. That that a racehorse, you think of them as being fast, but if they flip over in a starting gate, they're probably not going to win very many races. They've got to stand there at least flat enough that when the gates go, then they go. If you're looking for a, a sire to build head horses, if they're creating babies that are scoring, I, that to me that's that's like it's hard to even imagine having a stud that oh, didn't do that. And I, and I don't think it's just lion share fame horses, but I, I my opinion on horses that want to score are horses that aren't worried about catching the steer. 
horses that aren't worrying about catching a steer, they're not. They're going to stand there. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's some hot, running, blooded horses that are hot headed, and 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 you know what? I've never I've never knew a great one that what didn't have something quirky about. Yeah. Right. You know, um, you know, it's, it, they train you. It's just not you're training them. I yeah. mean, you're just trying to show them what to do and. But I, I'm a big believer in if you, your horse can Larry, catch a cow, you don't have any problem. Larry Goss. Yeah, can't think Larry, Larry Goss. Sorry, Larry. Always had great horses. Yeah. Always always had something that could run because he knew his game at the rodeo was get to have a fast horse. He had a chance to win something. Yeah. That's, I mean, I can think of a lot of horses. I mean, not a lot. I mean, I can think of four or five head in my career. Um, Scooter. Charles Pogue, I mean, he dominated. Horse scored and could mortally haul ass. Speed Williams, Bob, I mean, horse scored and could haul ass. You know, and you got, you had Matt Tyler and Big Daddy. and Pull that, pull that just a little closer. Yeah, yeah, Matt Tyler and Big Daddy and, you know, and, and you had Butterbean and Steve Priscilla. I mean, you look back at all, all those guys and they were winners, man. They won a lot, and it was and it wasn't because of their. Oh, and the one that I missed that when my probably the best one in my era was probably Walt. Yeah, I got right. a heel behind him, and I mean he's that horse was amazing. He, and what's funny is they had there was it was time when that horse didn't want to stand there. That horse wanted to rear out of the box. Was a complete what? idiot. Walt. And, yeah, he did it one time when that's the Walt Vermondal that had him. He had held training that horse. Well, once they got him trained, gave up. And was good. He was amazing. I mean that horse is. That horse is unbelievable. He was unbelievable. But I mean, you think of those horses. There's only a handful yeah, that I can think right. of in my in my lifetime that, you know, like Turtle Pals Gray. I can't remember what he called him. That Vegas. Was a phenomenal Vegas. Yeah. I mean, you just have a handful of them real ones, and and it's cool that I feel like Dylan's one of them ones that I hope his career goes on and Junior wins a lot on him, and and you know, and he has a long career with that horse because well, them guys like Charles. I mean, he was eight or six eight ten years you know he rode him and dominated well and that's so i guess the longevity is yet to be seen we'll figure you know we'll yep. see but it's hard to imagine that a horse had much better year than what dylan had this year i mean that horse was good everywhere like i said i i mean i was obviously invested in the horse of the year thing this year right because i sell the gray horse to lightning and so i knew it was going to be close i knew he's at least could be in the conversation so i paid a little more attention to it this year than most years but everybody that I everybody said, well, if Junior's horse had papers, then that'd be one thing. But I mean, it was it, it, you, it's kind of a stupid deal. I mean, it, unless AQHA is giving them this big bonus, you know. But I mean, even like the Appaloosa Association, they have this big bonus for if you're riding that. Well, if, if famous Dylan didn't get them any, you know, right publicity, I don't know what so he ever had. Is he registered as an app? Yeah. So then, was there any incentives for making the NFR on an app? Well, it used to be, but I, I guess they had to have color or something. Uh-huh. But there's two apps there this year. The Tanner Bruner's Bulldog and Horse is a full sister to Dylan. What? Yeah, and the one he wrote the NFR. Yeah. Yeah, full sister to Dylan. No kidding. Yeah. Where? How did he get that horse? Um, Sean Mulligan, my brother-in-law, sold, her that, sold him that horse. Oh, we dang. I, I, I never heard anybody make that connection. Yeah, he's full sister, full brother. Yeah, it would be interesting. And I mean, it's it's a weird deal because when a horse that you're connected to wins it, then you want to tell everybody how cool it is and how awesome it is. And then when a horse that, like Dylan comes along, everybody kind of has this like, okay, it probably should have been that horse, but we got to play by the rules that are in place. And so it there it, it's, I get it. I mean, it's a program that AQHA and PRC have going, and so that's that's how it works. But yeah, it's it's crazy that a horse like Dylan doesn't have the hardware to go with it for yeah. as good as he was this year. Probably the one that kind of disappoints me more as much as any of them is the BFI. I mean, he wins the BFI on him and he don't win the horse of the year. I mean, the horse of the BFI. To me, how, that's nuts. How do they vote on that? Who? I don't know. I mean, it used to be Steve, uh, yeah, Steve Branco used to vote. I don't know if he still does, but yeah. he it'd could. Be, it'd be interesting to know what their metrics were because if you knew what they were looking for, then everybody should have an idea. It, well, I mean, it's pretty easy what you're looking for. You're looking for one that'll stand there and score, and the one that catches the steer the fastest at the BFI. Yeah, because the BFI, it's a, you, you want to see what kind of head horse you got go into the BFI. Well, case in point, he wins it that year, and turns steers as quick as anybody all day. And the argument could have been made that should have been head horse of the BFI that day. I think Bob won it well, that year. No, I think um, yeah, maybe Bob. Bob, and that's hard to beat that horse. I mean, Bob's a bad some bitch. Yeah, he's a good horse. Yeah, he's one of those that's been good for a long time, he's too. A, yeah. yeah, I would call him one, one of them greats. Yeah. 
man, if you talk about those greats, I mean, he's a great. So, sorry, I know I got way off track. When you look at your raising horses, the kind of horses you want to make, you're paying into stallion incentives. You got this idea that, you know, there'd be a, there'd be some sort of a, a program and, in your mind, was there a way to do it apart from the barrel racing, or did it have to be a barrel racing thing to keep the, the numbers? In well, the... my biggest thing was I, I'm a barrel racer. I mean, I'm a barrel racing fan. I got I had sisters. I, I like I like a badass barrel horse. I, yeah. I always have. I like a badass head horse. I mean, badass heel horse is nice, too, but... Just great they, horses Yeah, cool. great horses. But, I yeah. mean, uh, the barrel racing deal was what i was after because that's at the time that was a market you know i mean that's who was giving the money right you know seemed like and it seemed like had a lot of opportunity you know to sell those horses to other barrel racers that were buying a dream you know that's the nice thing about the barrel racing when you're buying a young horse you're buying a dream well in the breeding it seems like the breeding element of a barrel horse has gone way back whereas like the team roping i'm not even sure we're there yet right well, like maybe this year it's starting to see that you know they're paying attention because incentives but <clears throat> I think a lot of people had the wrong concept of what kind of horse they're looking for in the, looking for in the team roping. I mean, you have a lot of guys that talk about cowbred horses. Hey, cowbred horses are nice horses. Now, you talk about programs and different things that I think are raising nice rope horses. I mean, Ren Richard. I mean, AC Racing. I mean, them guys. They're they're taking the cow because they they knew all about the cow. They've done the cow deal. And they've done the racing deal, so they yeah. know the running. And, and once they start crossing those on those cow mares, man, you, you see Ren Richard string of head horses, and it's just like, yeah, wow. Right. Them well, they they said that like the Flag Ranch. I've talked to a few people. The last grass. four or five years, yeah. all of a sudden, they've always been good. And then all of a sudden, the last four or five years, it's like they've hit the come up. They did, had a two-year-old sale this year, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the right mixture, the right amount of run, the right amount of cow with the right racing horse, the right running horse. Well. And Larry Rice, I mean, he's he's probably done it. He's, he's got as good a program as anyone in the country. I mean, you go look at his horses, and he's he's the same way. He's been in the cow, and he's been in the race horse deal. He's, you know, won at high levels in both. So he knows, you know, what what he's looking for. And, yeah. and you can look in, at his program and see the kind of horses he's putting out. You know, like the horse, uh, oh, what's it? The, mm, over there in Colorado. The feedlot guy. Uh, anyway, well, uh, Montero. Mer Montero. Yeah. Mon Rick Montero's got a stud that he got from Larry Rice. That those guys are now riding some offspring out by him that are outstanding. But those programs, I think, are really stepping out. And I, I think once you, you know, these guys take these horses and cross them on these running horses, I think you're going to find a different animal going to your working cow horse, going yeah. to your raining going to your cutting i mean well, i think you're going to find some outcrosses there that that people try and and find that man having a little of that run in that cow and having a little of that cow in that run yeah really you know credits both sides of it when you look at the little blue mare that ren's riding right now to me they go well there's not really a team roping horse breed and i'm like no there is then it's that she is to me she has got the perfect confirmation she's flat she scores she's easy like when i watch ren's blue mare that he rode at the fraternity this year to me if that's where the team roping horse breed like or if people are breeding towards that hey it's going to be a lot a lot of fun to watch the next four or five years because she is a cow horse looking horse that can run like a racehorse yeah that's going to have to be where people go if they want to keep up i think well i mean i i know in a real scenario a real setup you know, you've got to have something like that to stand there and score and let you see a start and be able to catch up. You know, at a Royal Crown events is something that we really <clears throat> work on in the rope horse fraternity is, is we want to see a legitimate setup. Yeah. I mean, I want to see a set of steers that try. I want to see a head horse have to see maybe tail the pin, hip to the pin, and have it, you know, catch up. Something we're doing this year, we're putting a rope barrier on them. And, and the reason is, is I want to – guys to see a legitimate start if i say i got a foot under yeah right they understand what they got to see rope neck rope you know, or electric rope, eye no rope neck rope we're gonna really? rope neck rope and a rope barrier where are you finding people willing to tie barriers all day <laughs> well i guess i'm just gonna have to pay someone a little extra but i mean <laughs> but the nice the nice thing about the fraternity deal is you got a second between each run to get mm -hmm. to judge i mean not a lot of time but 
I think we can string it, and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. We might absolutely hate it. You know? Have you have you seen the barriers like that Dirk Webb uses at the calf opens? It's a breakaway. Yeah, we got the same one. Yeah, we, um, Jimmy Nicholas out of South Dakota, he makes them. Yeah, it's so, crazy how much how much more efficient you can make a rope barrier all day long doing something like that. Yeah, and and I I think it's fair. It's way more fair. Yeah, yeah. And like in the calf open, we'll have a rope barrier. The only thing we'll have a rope barrier is in the four year old four and under. In our intermediate limited class. The we'll electric, electric guy. Yep. So I have, I mean, 10,000 questions, and I'll try to not get to all of them. But when we had Jay Wadhamson, he talked about, and, I, and I, will, I will fully transparent, I've talked to Billy Bray about this also. Not all this is 100% my idea, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. When you look at a guy, take Nick Polera. He's got 25 horses and he's going to the Futurities. He's going to be at the Royal Crown. He's going to go to Jay's Ropens. He's going to go to Bobby's Ropens. Like he's he's making an effort to put his horses in this Futurity program because that's how he's making his living, riding outside horses. Do you see a day where all of the entities that are bringing the sport of team roping, like we're talking about the breeding of the horses and all the things that are going on, do you think it's to the benefit of the overall good for everybody to sort of try to work towards a common judging system, uh, you know, or they're using a similar program or is there a, is there a benefit in keeping everything unique? I don't know. I, I, I think the three judge deal is a big deal. Um, and I, I think when you, I like to have a little separation, you know, a little like, I mean, something that makes you unique from, well, no, I just like to have a little separation when I come to the short round of, uh, you know, if, uh, where it's not, 787.4 yeah you right. know what i mean whereas and the next guy is 785 or 787.8 right all i'd like to, i just want to try to my deal is i'm trying to keep where there's a little bit of separation and if a if a header ropes a leg or a helper ropes a leg for a guy that horse absolutely works great you know he he doesn't get docked as much yeah, as a right. guy that breaks a barrier You're right you know well, and so that's because I mean, I'm riding outside horses and I'm, I'm busy enough doing other stuff. I really haven't entered a ton of futurities. I haven't, I've never entered a futurity, but riding horses, that that's where people intend for them to go. They want to go in, in your mind. Is there a, is it the same run? Like when you, when you look at a head horse, complete the course. And I love, I love head horses. I loved head horses back when I was roping calves. I always, that was always like my most, that and Calgary bucking horses. I always thought were the coolest thing in rodeo. When you have a perfect run in mind for what a four-year-old head horse is supposed to do or a six-year-old head horse is supposed to do, how similar is that run to what Jay is looking for and the way he's built his judging system? Are the runs themselves pretty similar? I, I think there are a lot. I mean, I, I know you, you watch a little more Jay's deals, more like the AQHA show deals, kind of his, how they kind of some of them work. I mean, it's getting more moving to how you want a head horse really to work right. if you're going for money. You know, than than you know in the past, but well, Jay Jay said, uh, I think the I, th I don't want to put words in his mouth. I think he said the number fifteen jackpot head horse. When you look at a head horse and the number fifteens, when they run all the way in there, finish and do all their stuff, he's trying to build towards really really good jackpot horses because in his mind, and I'm, and I'm asking this because I want to hear what you're in comparison. He said because the horses that are going to be really good at a 14, 15, 16 open jackpot most of them will transition to a usable rodeo horse. And so building predictable rodeo horses, is that? Well, biggest thing is I, I wouldn't say I'm building predictable rodeo horses. If what I feel like at my events is those guys are running in there. You don't see guys bombing off. You don't see guys coal back, two coals back. They're blowing to the steer, setting it up, and and riding their horse right. I mean, yeah. they, they are riding every stride. It's not a... You know, there's guys not being, they're not being four, four, right, five. Right. They're not being five. Well, it's, it's not built to, it's not no. built to facilitate that. No, and and so they're riding a horse, right? What, what I feel like is is, you're going to build horses that work correct, and if you go to the roping and you see a head horse that works correct, you might watch sixty five head in a day head horses, and you might be able to pick three or four out that work correct. Really, I feel like. What I mean, do you? I feel well, like the move. I feel like a move on a head horse is a crucial part, you know. I, and I've watched it a lot of times, but where the move is, is a crucial part, how good the horse is. I mean, I see it. I've seen it my whole career. When a head horse head goes to left, when he turns off, when he starts doing that, he's on his way out. 
because they get bad jerks. They, you know, I, I think the fraternity deal is going to make more guys ride. I mean, have horses work more correct. Okay. Um, so, okay. I asked this to Tommy Thompson when he was in here. And again, I think, I think I've told this story on this podcast. So if, if anybody's listening, I'm repeating myself. I apologize, but rope and calves forever. I didn't really care about that. We're about to introduce you to the companies that make this podcast possible. You guys check out LoneStar.tv. It's a church that speaks your language, can be attended from anywhere. Randy and Darla have a personal mission to make people that are unable to attend geographically still feel like they're a part of the, the core group of what happens at Lone Star Cowboy Church. It's the most successful cowboy church in the nation. Huge vision, huge mission, great at loving people, doing a fantastic job with their online audience. If you guys can, check it out at LoneStar.tv. You guys, we're all trying to figure out a way to make our feed more efficient. We're never going to see the price of hay drop to what we want to spend. So what we do is we make our feed more efficient, and that is exactly what's happening at Midwest Agra. Beet pulp pellets are making a difference in the way that we feed, the way that our horses perform. It's a super fiber. It's cheap. It's available. Check them out. Midwest Agra. Roping calves forever. I didn't really care about team roping. Like I, I had entered it, but it was just, it was like just something else I did when I wasn't roping calves, right? So when I started making team roping horses and I quit roping calves, I had always been taught the arc. You know, you run in there and they pick up to the right and they go across there is that's how I've been taught. And so Al Bach tells me, he's like, Hey, you're making it too hard. If you want to make head horses, they need to run in there. They need to stay dead straight. They can even lead with their nose to the left just a little bit. I mean, just, I'm not saying head to the left, but I'm saying like, even if they're tipped this way, just slow down, get a steer on the end of it and just lope to the left. Just like you'd see one framed up loping to the left. To me, the biggest struggles I had with head horses was trying to create a, an arc going across the arena that was kind of almost against their natural way of moving. Here, I think this is. I think this. I wouldn't. I want to know the answer because ultimately, you guys are in charge of the judging, and so you're going to be able to dictate what you want to see in the team roping horses. So opinions from you are way different than opinions from the guy down the street. If a horse is dead straight, I mean dead straight to the steer, not cocked off like a horse will get when they're cow fresh, not looking out to the left, but dead straight, ropes, slows down, and continues that same posture all the way around the corner. Do you want to? The biggest thing is I I like a horse, like you're saying, run up there straight. When you stick it on the horn, he's going to be pretty straight, but his shoulder is ahead of his head. Yeah. So he's got to move. Okay. So Because I'm a big believer in a real head horse keeps the steer's head on the mat. Mm-hmm. Keeps the steer's head when he faces. Right. And if a horse doesn't have a correct move, it's hard for that horse to keep a steer's head on the mat. The tension all the way around the. Yeah. No. Well, it's the biggest thing is when the when he goes to face. I mean, you watch, you can watch the best in the world. I mean, go watch whatever open you want to watch. And so many of those guys, they'll give their steer's head back. Right. And it's because the way the horse has a move. Yeah. Well, if a horse's head's to the left, and I got to get him faced or his head's to the left a little more than straight i got to get him faced it's going to make him go down the arena i mean you know what i mean when you go to face him you got a horse like this and you got to ask him i mean it's going to make him go down the arena and i'm a strong believer i like a horse that will hold that when they get a hold they got the steer's head and they when that face comes he's still got his head almost tighter yeah he's still on his and you know still got him on the mat Okay, so then if we go to Royal Crown next week in Buckeye, mm-hmm. is, there a, is there a way to tell someone what you just told me? What I do is I get my guys on there and tell you what they're looking for. And I'm a strong believer, and I'm not <clears throat> – the, the one thing I don't – I disagree with is anything, and they want to have this judging clinics and go learn how to judge a horse. No. If I called you to have you come judge my fraternity – I respect what I've seen in my career watching you rope yeah, right. and the horses you've rode yeah. that you know well enough what a good horse is. Yeah. I don't want to see the same six judges all year at these fraternities. I think that's the stupidest thing there is. Because I think, I think you and Jay Wadhams knows enough people too. Yeah. When he calls someone up, he's calling them up judge of fraternity because he respects the way, what kind of horsemen they are. Yeah. I don't need to tell... You know, I don't need to tell Kevin Stewart what kind of horse he's looking for. Right. I don't need to tell well, so none of my judges. Not, you know? not to push back, but I would, I would want to know if I'm going to enter the futurity, 
I want to know what Kevin Stewart thinks, right? Like, well, I know that you trust he, Kevin. You know, when he will get up there on a mic and he tells them what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's he, the day. Now, what I would like to do is beforehand get where they write up a deal, but I've not found any judges want to take the time and write up something. Now, yeah, I, I give right. them the mic at the fraternity and have them talk about it, what they're looking for in a horse. But you know how a sport's supposed to work. If you're bringing a horse to fraternity, you know when your horse works right. For sure. When you, when you watch Ren Richard's horse work or Trevor Brazil. Yeah. You, that's, you know what I mean? Those are right. horses are working correct. Right. To me. Right. Well, again, and this is why we do podcasts is because there's going to be somebody driving, listening to, to, yeah, to every side yeah, of this and, and no. forming an opinion. So no, I, and I I'm do, fine. That. I'm not, no, and I'm not trying to argue. I'm just no, saying I'm my with opinion. You. I, so, so here would be, here would be my question to that. Uh, having employees in the past, you know, I, I had, I was kind of the, like, just everybody figure it out, just figure it out. Right. Just, you know what the idea is, let's go. And it really actually really similar to what you're saying of like, if you have integrity and you're really trying to just go figure it out, it would be like, if I sent everybody home, said tomorrow, we're painting the house blue, everybody come home tomorrow with blue paint. They come in the next day and everybody went and got their idea of blue paint and you show up, the house is going to look like garbage because well, it's blue. Well, yeah, but what's, is there a way to predictably say like this specifically, this is specifically what I'm looking for because like you said, <clears throat> well, I'll be, I mean, just something to that, just to go back. But I mean, I had Nick Sarchet and I had Clay Ullery and I had Mark Ray judge my fraternity and Buckeye. Mark Ray had a certain horse he was looking for that he liked. You're right. He judged it that way. Yeah. They all have their certain things they're looking for him. Right. You know, so so I don't know if there's a way that I can say, hey, this is this is exactly what I'm looking for in a horse. Right. But but at the end of the day, the horse that goes out there and works correct and gets through the pattern. Yeah. And 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 the rider catches. I mean, they all catch. You're gonna get rewarded. Yeah. You know, I've not been to one of my fraternities yet that four clean runs that were good runs didn't get a check. Sure. I've not seen it. I've seen legs. Right. I've seen barriers. I mean. I, I've seen it yeah, work where four it, clean runs. Yes, and maybe it's because I don't have 250 head entered. I don't know if that's the case or if the setup is a little more extreme than right. what they're used to. What you know, what they are at other fraternities. I don't know. So maybe, so Matt, maybe that's the answer. Is the way that your fraternity is set up? It's not razor. It's not necessary. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm saying this in a way that doesn't represent what you're saying. It's not razor thin particular on the style because the bigger picture is it's a difficult pattern to complete. Well, and and the, if you yeah. can do that. And if your horse works half ass, there's good not good. a, there's not a, you can't get on Google and tell me how a head horse works. Right. you got a different opinion. I got a different opinion. Right. There's never going to be four guys in a room that have a different, but you know what? Every one of us is going to have the same opinion. That some bitch worked awesome. right Yeah. There. The general, that, that the general sense scored. He ran, he had a good move, yeah. and he finished sharp. Yeah. You're going to see that. Yeah. But now, hey, I didn't, man, he turned his head in the box. I didn't like, no. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, there's going to be something that every one of us can pick apart that, hey, I would have liked seeing that different. But, but what, you're, what you're saying is the variation in that, because that's what I'm asking, the variation. What do you do with the variation? And what I hear you saying is there's not enough variation to make a significant difference over the course of the jackpot or the or the, the, the futurity. Well, is that? It, it, there is. I mean, if your horse... Fuck it. If your horse gets in, in the box or in, in the corner and doesn't have a move and kind of yeah, rounds out, right. I mean, you see that in the yeah, stands. Yeah. When you, what I think when you watch a, any fraternity, because everyone's so badass at riding horses anymore. Yeah. But you come watch that fraternity and you see what you, like, hey, man, I liked how that horse worked. Yeah. That horse looked badass. He right. caught up. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big, I like watching one catch up. Absolutely. You might like one dragging no, his ass. I, I love, I love when you can watch the gap closing yeah. and that steer feels like, cause and that's I also, what judges in the head. And that's why judging the head, honestly, it's probably the easiest of easiest one to judge because yeah. the damn steer, if he runs and that horse catches up and that them judges can see that they, they mark them. Well, it's like the cutting of the yeah. rain cow horse. It's exactly. controlling the cow. Exactly. Like that cow doesn't have the ability to overwhelm what the horse is doing. And something on the heel side that, that I might differ a little bit. I mean, all the guys I usually get to judge of turdy were rodeo headers or, you know, horseshoe he headers or, you know, people who roped at the horse show might see it a little different. 
It just seems like at a horse show, you see more spot healing. Keep going. Keep going. I'm going to find a video. And I'm if you're listening to a podcast, I'm sorry. You're not going to get to watch the video, but I am going to run this by you here in a second. I want to hear your more, advice. you know, more spot, spot healing. healing. I call spot healing. Yep. yep. And I don't like that. I mean, I, I like a horse that if something happens in the corner, they can move, move on through there and it. stay yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you watch my fraternity in Rock Springs last year, JD eights, I mean, he was nine, ten on every steer because they're running them down. Their steers were trying, but everything that steer did on the back end, that buckskin horse was right behind him. Yeah, and he could take move. another swing. And when he roped, he was horn would come up, and he yeah. was true. I think most you know guys that have headed much can recognize a horse back there that you, that's friendly, that's yeah. user friendly. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, when these guys are looking at horses, they're wanting horses that. They're not wanting to see that horse come from back here in the North 40 and come hauling ass in there and stop when they get there. And boy, man, he drug his ass. Yeah, but you only had one but if shot. You're, but if you're anyone who's watched the heel horses or yeah. you you see that or if you've ever had to ride that thing. Okay, watch this video. Again, I'm sorry this is a podcast and I'm not being very podcasty. Just there's a button that says watch again. This is a head horse. Because this horse tips his nose. I'm not saying he turns his head, but he tips his nose just to the outside and then follows his shoulders, hips. Good horse. So when you, that's the that's my Rancho Rio horse this that's year. That's the horse work. And so when I'm when I'm saying, and I'm I'm glad we're getting asked, because I'm not saying ducks his head to the left. Because no, you're straight. like a, yeah, straight. Like a steer tripping horse to me, you know, he's digging. He's got his head down to the left, and he's trying to carry however much weight. You're not saying. We're limited by words instead of videos of videos here, but what you're saying is a horse that is able to control the steer. I just want to see the horse's shoulder. Yeah, moving, moving keeping, moving, keeping tension on the, the rope. Steer. Yeah, and then a when heel the horse. When the steer takes the steer, horse's shoulder. Yeah, right. When the sh- horse gives a shoulder back to the steer, yeah, that bad. rounds the steer up. And I'm going to tell you right now, As a and I learned a lot <laughs> roping behind Walt. Travis trying, he would rope these suckers, but when it went on, they would square. Yeah, like right. Like it would hit their heads. And yeah, the steer was coming. The, the steer head. was coming to the horse. Yes, he would have the steer's head. Yeah. We would be for... I could. I mean, we'd run one where you think you're five two and you're four two. You're like, what the heck? Well, yeah. I see a lot of guys rodeoing these day, like today. I mean, in today's era, because a lot of headers got the concept: if my horse's head's the left and they give the shoulder, they don't get quick. They don't get quick. I can keep them freer. What that does though is it gives them bad jerks. But for other, it rounds the steer off, and that takes time. Right. Right. You know, and Who like that horse see? right there when it went on his head. Right. That horse's shoulder, he's got the steer. Strong. Even though his head's a little bit to the left. Yeah. You still got the shoulder ahead of it. And he's strong. I mean, that that, that horse is. He's nice. I, I, will, I love that horse. And he does and that. And he finished and he kept the hold of the steer's yeah. head. Yeah. So I, I don't see. I, and I think I, I'm, I'm asking because I really want to know. But you see how your horse, was, your horse was squared up in the body. Yeah. He yeah. Really he, wasn't, was. he wasn't bowing out towards no, the steer. He was squared back. up in the body. Who do you see giving steers back? You want to say names? Who do you see I giving mean, steers back? I don't I, I'm, I don't have any names, but I mean, I, Come I just watch. Come on. Just one. Let's just. He's not going to care. He's not going to listen to the podcast. I know a lot of, old, know a lot of the old, school, old school guys. <laughs> I mean, a lot of old, old school guys got in their head that they wanted the shoulder to go to them, you know, like, which. I mean, you watch her open, you can see it. Come you on, can see her one name. I, I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> I ain't gonna say the get name. Little, but I know a, a lot closer. of. I know a lot yeah. of them. I mean, I watched. What roping was it there, day? I watched. I can't remember. I was watching Junior and watching these guys, and the healers were having hell. Yeah. But the guy, the headers would hit them, and it's almost like the steer would go down the arena, you know. And some healers, I guess, like that. But yeah, I've never. I I didn't like that, and I don't like a head horse that goes down the arena yeah. either. So. Royal Crown really kind of come into a thing when Levi and Lindsay come into the picture. Well, I I just needed someone who could do the into the computer work, the all the stuff that I didn't want to do. Yeah. I already had a business. I got I mean I got way more on my plate than I need to be having to do book work. I was mean, was Estera before Royal Crown? Yeah, yeah. Because Estera, we're 15 years old. I mean, it's our 15th year we've been in business. So you were already running that before the Royal Crown comes around. Oh, yeah, I was running that. And Royal Crown's first year was what? No, this is our third year. That's it? You're kidding. It feels no, like it's, this would be four years. Four feels years. like it's been around forever. Four years, because the first year we just did barrel racing. Okay. Second year we had one fraternity team roping. Then third year was last year. So this is our fourth year. 
That's a, that is really honestly, it's amazing. I, for, I don't know why it feels like it's been around longer than that, but yeah, that's all it's been around. And so Levi and Lindsay come in. You you guys have the idea. You start with barrels. And who are the who are the players like in the beginning when you said okay we're going to start a stallion incentive we're going to have futurities? There, it was hard to get any players. Really. Yeah. I mean, we talked some, you know, like Dash Fame, some of those studs that couldn't get in these other other programs. Wait, Dash to Fame couldn't get into other. No. Why? No. I don't know if he's too good or what it is or dead or what, but if they got frozen semen, a lot of deals won't let him in. You know, and Dash Fame, she was, he was one of them. And, and once we started getting some studs and, you know, in the first year, shoot, me and Levi, we had to buy five or six spots ourselves. <laughs> so we were in deep. We were in deep come, come Rock Springs just to make it work. Yeah. But my deal was is I, I want – I mean, I knew if we made it work, we'd get – people to come and when we're, we're not we're, we you know and and now doing these is it's 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 been pretty amazing how every year i'm not having to call looking for sponsors um the money's there we can count on our events staying the same every year within the money you know and now we have this royalty fee so i think we've got almost three hundred thousand more dollars to put it out in money you know and we're we take out 10 percent for advertising and office stuff other than that there's no money taken out of the stallion money we pay it all back when was the moment because what you're describing is now it's working but when it started it was slow do you remember a single moment like a single day or a single stallion or a, do you remember a moment where you're like it's gonna work like where you went got over the hump is there a moment that stands out man i don't know i called a lot of a lot of stud owners I, you know a lot of people i didn't have a clue who i was talking to and didn't have a clue who i was talking to and I guess the when I realized it was going to work is when we pulled off Rock Springs, Wyoming, and we had a three hundred thousand dollar payout in the fraternity, and it worked. And 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 it, everything it was really against us. Our computer program cost us another one percent, so that was thirty <laughs> more thousand out of our pocket. You know, so it was kind of a little bit rocky. But once we pulled that off, and you know, and we take pride in trying to put on a good event, you know, and, when, and, and I'm really into common sense. I've, I've rodeoed. I know what it's like not having stalls. I know what it's like getting screwed on the timer. I mean, I, I've seen it all and, and I try to handle everything with common sense and how I would like to be treated if I was in a pickle, you know, and it's, it seemed to work out. And I try to have an event where, where when the wife's going to the event, the husband's going, Hey, I'm going with you. That was a good time. Yeah, you know, right. have, have, hors d'oeuvres and liquor you know bars and bars for them to the husband's yeah. drink and just tried to make it a big fun deal and once i pulled the first one off and and the next year i had shit i damn near filled the stallion deal and we started we said hey we're gonna try a roping deal i think we got 12 studs the first year who was the I'm, first who was the first roping stud do you remember i'd have to ask Lindsay. you'd know that i don't know exactly what's the best head horse sire Besides Lion Share of Fame, what's the what's the one you're seeing consistently right now producing good head horses? I, I haven't seen one. Yeah, I haven't seen one. I, I mean, you got don't get me wrong. You you see freaks <clears throat> in any breed. You know, I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna say it's just a certain breed. Or what I what I'm hoping in the next ten years we we can determine. You find the Frenchman's guy or the Dash to Fame yeah, of head horses. Oh, we can. Yeah, we can determine who's who's doing that. You know, yeah. and and. It's going to be easy to see, you know, because we'll have all the records and stuff. And now I hear they're trying to come up with a, like an Equistats for team roping, which will, which would be cool too, you know. I Can mean, you just imagine to, trying to organize all the jackpot team ropers? In and, this world? and I don't. And that's the other thing is I don't know how you're going to keep track of all that shit, you know. Um, you're going to have to get these guys that are putting these ropings on to cooperate. But just like the barrel racing deal, there's a lot of horses that have won hundreds of thousands that yeah. never got accounted for because it was at the backyard right 3d would you say sun frost to this point has probably been the most consistent head horse producer i mean i don't i don't know if you look at back in history what i don't know if you could come up with it yeah something like that because it's all over the board right i mean what i am seeing is running horses if you're looking for head horse it's running horses if it's a barrel horse it's running horses if it's a calf horse you know it's it's been cow horses but I mean, in my opinion, in the calf rope, and I think that's an event that I think you're going to see a lot better horses come up about because of the speed. You know, I think right. that's something calf horses lack is speed. 
And I think once they start figuring out some of these running horses on these cow horses, and I think you're going to start seeing some really electric calf horses. But the best, just, the best calf horses, you know, for years that was <laughs> that was all I did. And the one thing I noticed about calf horses that consistently made really good ones is they were strong horses that could take a jerk, and they just had. You ever known like a guy like that? Oh yeah. There's a kid. We were breaking in calves one year. The calves that Mike Johnson had lined up as the calf roping director all died at Odessa, and so they had to go find some calves. And they brought in calves off the wheat pasture. They were already turned out on wheat pasture back for the calf roping calves of Fort Worth. And there was a little kid from South Dakota that was this big around. I wish I could remember his name. I I think it was one of the Fulton relatives or something. But um, we're all flanking and tying. I mean, it's tired. Bo Brown. No, it wasn't Bo. I know Bo. It was. It was. Justin Schofield. No, he he never really went on. I, it was a, he was a, anyway. A, anyway, he was about five ten, weighed about 130, 140 pounds maybe. And I mean, there was a lot of us out there, and they were not only heavy; they were like, you know, wheat pasture cattle get kind of oh, soft, yeah. and like it wasn't like they were jumping; you could catch them. We were having to pick them up and flank them, and it was a mis- and this little sucker would just run down there and grab him and flank him like they weighed 200 pounds over and over and over again all day. He just had, like, weird strength. He was just a weird, strong kid. Those kind of horses, if they could figure out a way to create that, could make calf roping horses. The horses just, for some reason, have stability in ways that you don't necessarily see. And I think I think it's speed because they're ahead of it. When they get to the calf, they're able to get stopped. Join me as I take you on a tour of our advertisers. In 2014, we launched the 1017 Project, an idea that could give value to roped out rope and steers and protein to people in need. Since then, we have donated hundreds of thousands of pounds of hamburger to food banks, after school programs, women's shelters. Last year, the 1017 Project gave away $699,000 worth of hamburger to the people who needed it the most. You can get involved by going to the 1017project.com. If you're going to attend an event in Arizona, check out ropingcalendar.com. It is the most comprehensive list of everything that's going on in Arizona. You can search by a date, arena. You can even search by jackpot number. You can look for only the jackpot numbers that you're looking for at ropingcalendar.com. It's available in Google, iTunes, anywhere that you get your electronic apps. It's there. Check it out, ropingcalendar.com. When they get to the calf, they're able to get stopped before the calf hits yeah, the end so of it. it doesn't hurt, hit them yeah, hard, I think know. run. I think run is a big part of that. I, I know. I think you're going to start seeing calf horses a lot different in the next ten years. Um, but breed wise, I think we're going to get to have an idea what you're looking for. I and I don't know if there'll ever be a stud that throws the best head horses or not. But I think it'll be a combination of run and cow. You think it's going to be a distinction between this is a head horse breed, this is a heel horse breed? No. It'd be the same horses? Size. Same horses, you know. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like like our horses, the, the Lion's Share of Fame, they really want to stop. Really? Really want to stop. They're cowie, you know. Um, so I think, you know, I think you're going to find where just speed and having them bigger, you know, bigger bodied bigger horses i think you're gonna see a better calf horse. when did you add the calf rope and breakaway in last year that was the first year of yep. it success wise i mean i know it's a it's, breakaway's big but calf rope it's smaller. been a slow start you know um getting the concept getting people training them horses that early you know or you know getting ready and giving people a reason to train them yeah you know right. i mean if i eventually hopefully we i mean it's going to get as good as the team roping and i think it will and I think it's just cool just to have all aspects of roping, trying to better it. Who's your calf roping judges? I got Paul Tierney, Maynard Bird, and Marvin Tavarek. Okay. Yep. So guys that should know. Yeah. And the same guys judging the calf roping and the breakaway roping? Yep. And what so – I've never – I don't know anything about how the breakaway is judged. I have an idea. Well, how, get... our, how our judging system works is <clears> we do – we start our judging system at 25. Okay. And it, we do 10 up, 10 down. They okay. can plus them 10 or minus them 10 in, in every aspect. So the box score and scoring the box is one. Right. Running rates, two. The finish, you know, how they work the rope. And then how they finish on the stay on the end of it. And then we have a three-point degree of difficulty. So the calf runs out and takes left or ducks right or whatever. And the cat horse tracks them. They, the judge can give them a plus on the on the difficulty and then we also how we do the time is say the guy's 10 flat we start the time or it starts at 25 minus the 10 from the 25 yep. their score is 15. yep 
Yep. So then, uh, is it same idea like you score the calves out like you would at a rodeo where yep. it's not just designed no, to catch them fast? It's not a it's not a laughing tap. <clears throat> you know, and that's kind of what I've seen is is we make them where they got to see something. Um, speed sure shows in that in at that deal and Haven Medjids he's he showed up with some really really nice horses in the past that that could really run and did did the deal and. There's been some other guys bring some nice horses too, but uh, it's it's same as the team open. It's pretty legit setup. Calves, I try to get the best beef calves. Like we got the calves that are taking a Tucson mm-hmm. this year coming. Shank Edwards bringing our calves, and just kind of like the team room, just trying to get the best stock we can. You know, I mean, it costs more money, obviously. You know, getting Mexican steers over natives it costs more money. But who's bringing know, steers? We got a uh, New Mexico livestock and hay. Is playing our steers, Oscar Duran. Okay, he's bringing our steers. Um, I listen. I'm going to tell you right now. I am on record. I told this to Jay. I don't think you can take a set of natives that are dead even when the day starts and have an even set of steers at the end of the day. And I know that Jay's got his buddy, and he's probably a good guy. This is nothing personal at all. But a set of Mexican steers are not going to separate as quickly throughout the day as a set of natives will. It is such a hard thing to take a set of natives and try to have a set by the end of the day. I, I just I don't know when there's that much money up how you can rope natives and I know that I'm gonna get feedback on that I know I will, and a good steer is a good steer. Everybody goes well, the good native is just as good as a good Mexican steer. Well, yeah, that may be true, but they are on average. You're gonna have more coals when you break in a set of natives. You're gonna have more quit. You're gonna have more. The stronger ones are actually gonna stay stronger. The weaker ones are gonna get weaker. I don't know how you do something like this without a set of Mexican steers. I just well, we, we the the deal we've got is we we get 200 fresh ones at every event. So these steers, we've in fact we got to go down there this evening and start breaking them in. We'll dangle them, break them in, get a run on them, and sort them up, you know, on speed, and then have dead have around fresh Mexicans. Yeah. And yep. So it should be pretty good, you know. Well, fair is, wise. Cow, is Cowman going to be on site there, kind of sorting through as they go? Yeah, and we got a guy. He, he'll we we'll go through and sort them all when we run them. And just try to sort them as the day goes on. The first we got our first fraternities, the open fraternity. So we always use the open fraternity yep. to try to sort our cattle up. Sure. Um, try to sort us off a nice medium pin for the four-year-olds. I don't want them to have to gut their horse to right. bring the colt to the. I'm not. Uh, that's not my goal. Is I'm. You'll see in the four-year-old and the intermediate and limited. I'm gonna have a lot easier. But if you're backing in there in the six-year-old and all ages, I'm gonna have. You're gonna have to see a legit start. Go get them. Go get them. Who's the best calf roping horse trainer that's been to y'all's things? I know you're not supposed to say one, well, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to tell you right now, I, there's, you know, you got Haven Medgy, you got Cody McCartney, you got Shank Edwards, you know. Them guys are training them. Um, there's there's a lot of guys. I'm, I'm missing some guys that are, you know, that are that I'm not bringing up. But, I mean, it, as, as the ones I've went to so far or had, Haven Medgy, man, he's – he, he's a, a mechanic. Yeah. He's a mechanic. He's a, he's a very good hand with a horse. He they they look like they like it, and I I think you're going to start seeing other guys that start coming to him and and bringing them to him. And I know there's a lot of people out there, probably looking for calf horse trainers, you know. And so I've well, I, tra- I I I don't know him. There's a kid named Logan Harkey that. Oh no, Logan. He's been to my events. Sorry, I miss it. He's, well, no. he's a damn good hand with a horse. It looks like he rides a young horse nice. Stays out of the way. He's he's one of them guys too. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of, you know, he was my friend growing up forever, but I think about Adam Gray and some of the horses that Adam's had over the years. He had he was one of those guys that would have a horse and it would last and for a long time. And he's kind of slowing down and not rodeoing. And I've wondered if there would be a day where calf roping grows. Team roping's, the team I roping's think, there. I, I think mean, it will. Guys like him that have trained him in the past, Why? I mean – yeah, he might not want to go rodeos hard, you know. You got you got a lot of guys that are good hands of calf horse, like Monty Lewis, you know. Yeah. Different, you know, different guys. Trent Walls. I mean, there's so yeah, many of them right. I can. I mean, I forgot more than I think of, but that I know that rodeoed that, you know, they they made their horses and they they took younger horses and right. seasoned them. And I think I, I think it'll get to where we have more guys like that coming to them and bringing young horses and and at our deals you know it's it's not tying them in nine seconds i mean i watched cr bradley here last year at buckeye i think he was two 14s really and he come back high call and all he all he had to do is gather barrier and make a good run he wins the calf rope and he broke the barrier but 
it resonated to me that that horse running up there and working correct and staying on the end of it right rewarded him enough he had a chance to win it wasn't because he was nine flat yeah right and he yeah. lost some points on time but it made him up on the way his horse worked who's the best barrel horse trainer I mean, I know barrel I'm horse trainer, hundreds of people. Barrel horse trainer. I mean, it's, I do you have a list of like all-time money winners? In the I will crown? tell you the barrel horse trainer. I'll, I I don't know if you can say anything, but Cassie Mowry. I mean, Cassie Mowry shows up her and Michael Boone. You know, they they've got a program over there that's just unbelievable. Cassie Mowry's like Willie Shoemaker in my eyes. I mean, <laughs> she's amazing. But you got a lot of those girls. I mean, Kelsey Treharn, You know. Ashley Schaefer, um, you know, Molly Montgomery, Peter Hohen, you know, you got it. The list goes on and yeah. on and on. And they're all, they're all great. They're all great hands. I mean, well, great horsemen. It's just uh, well, Cassie Mowry this year, an O-ring snaffle at the NFR. I mean, that's jockey stuff. Well, with Cassie Mowry, I mean, she wins 454,000 at our events this year. How much? 454,000. Just at Royal Crown events. Yeah. Half a million dollars just at the Royal Crown this year. Yeah. If somebody would have told you that five years ago, what would your reaction have been? I don't know. <clears throat> I, I I had a vision that it would get there, you know, and I and we need to get our all-time leading riders out there because I think it really make people go, holy crap, yeah, really, right? But I think she went two hundred and seventeen or twenty thousand in Rock Springs alone. Who's the best heel horse trainer that you know right now? Best heel horse trainer. I mean, it's hard to hard to go by. You know, Trevor and Rand and Cole Davidson, uh, just Dakota Kirkenslager. I mean, there's just guys. There's just guys that are really, really good. And I, I think there's a lot of guys out there that train horses that are that haven't been to this fraternity world. Or, and one I'm forgetting probably as much as anyone was Andy Holcomb. Yeah, right. Andy Holcomb's a goddamn mechanic. I mean, he's he's awesome on them either end. Yeah. And that, but I think there's a lot of guys out there that are training horses that haven't gave the themselves a shot or hadn't had that horse the royal crown horse and i'm excited to see guys that you've never seen in the fraternity world start showing up and competing. who stands who stands out to you in that because like you got the rodeo guys you got the jackpot guys you got the fraternity guys and they all kind of go basically in the same circles is there anybody that stands out to you that you've been surprised hasn't been to the fraternities yet as a rodeo guy or just a guy just a guy that you think would have success that hasn't gone there yet you know i mean i There's a lot of good horse track. I mean, shit, Chad Turner. He's rank on a head horse or a heel horse. He rides them good. I mean, he would he'll do good in the intermediate. He's not going to rope like the other guys, but but there's a spot for him. But there's a like spot that. for him, you know, a spot yeah. for guys like that. And I think there's and I can't even think those guys I'm talking about, like I mean, even like Brad Lund, I mean, he trains some bad some bitches too. I mean, I don't know. I'm having a blank, really. Yeah. Well, but do you, do you feel like that those guys, there are guys that stay kind of at the AQHA because that's where they made their their. Oh, I mean, living. you start to get, oh, shit, I'm having a brain fart. One of my healing at Bryan, Texas, uh, just called me the other day. Jeez. This makes me feel a little bit better about forgetting Larry Goss's name. Oh, Larry's a friend I and I forgot his name. Um, this is this anyway, about a podcast. Shit, Cade Rice. You got yeah. Cade Rice. You got, you know, a lot of them guys that go to the horse show deals. JD, you know, I mean, there's. It, it gives them a chance. I think you'll start seeing some of them come this way. I hope I get some AQHA guys. I think yeah. there's a lot of AQHA guys that go to the, you know, in the non-pro and all that that I think would really love our intermediate and yeah. limited deal. And, and and that's where I'm wanting to get it. I'm wanting to get my limited intermediate way bigger than the rest of my right. deals. My goal is to, to take these guys that are training horses and let them go train, ride them at the fraternity. Yeah. And then the next day, the owner of that horse gets to ride him in the intermediate or limited. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that the intermediate limited gets bigger, which is going to give our more guys out there training horses more opportunities. Yeah. You know? Well, and that does nothing if you're an average team roping fan or participant. That does nothing but increase the level of horses that you have available to buy. Exactly. You're incentivizing the people who are making them. You know, there's nothing but upside for the exactly. average team roper. And if they have a fraternity horse that went through the fraternity or whatnot and and they're you know they can ride that horse and it that there's no age limit in the intermediate and limited yeah so if that horse 12 years old yeah and he's he just, a by roll crown stud or wasn't come through the fraternity because once they broke in the fraternity or whatnot they're eligible for life yeah well and that to me that's a big benefit because you got a guy that's 55 years old 
getting ready to retire, enjoys roping as a hobby, and he's going to go buy a horse that's that's in an incentive. You're like, okay, great. Well, he's only going to be incentive for another two years. It's like, well, I mean, but a horse like you're saying, any age for that limited guy. Well, and I'm hoping that limited guy comes. <clears throat> I mean, at our deal, it's not about roping him in eight seconds. It's 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 about going and catching the steer, setting the run up, making yeah. it look good so the judges like it, and getting your healer to catch. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, again, it's one of those little cogs in the machine of team roping that's so necessary because yeah. otherwise where do you go for the factories to create better horses yeah. if you're not incentivizing the guys that are training horses the the quality of horses diminish mm -hmm. and then the sport diminishes i mean these are the kinds of things that the sport of team roping needs is exactly what what yeah. this is and i want it to where a guy that rides a horse good you know i mean i got bill myers he's coming to his first limited inter intermediate over here this week and i'm excited to see what he does because he yeah. rides his horse awesome Runs up there, catches all the steers, and makes sure, you know, stuff's right. I I think guys like that that run up there and rope the steer and make sure their horse is working correct, I think they're going to really do well at the intermediate limited level. Do you – so you said you're a fan of barrel racing, but, like, when the team roping part's over, it's time to go to the barrel racing. Does that become less fun for you during the No, week? it's a relief, actually. You kind of have a big Well, because the team roping is so many variables, you know. In the barrel race, if I get – if the ground's good – and the timer works, I'm good. I'm good. It stresses over. Yeah, you know, I mean, the team roping, got to make sure the steer was good. And then right. I, I pop the shoot at every one of them because I, I feel like that's the only way that I will watch the run. <laughs> so if someone comes back bitching, yeah. I have an answer to you what's, were, yeah. you know, because I watched it. And so I've really tried to do that. And so you run the shoots at all the everyone, team roping? Really. Everyone. Because I just like to, that makes me watch the run. So you're going to be helping with a barrier at some point if oh, you're yeah. standing there. Yeah, we'll be helping. I'll be helping, I'm sure. Uh -huh. But I got a crew. I mean, Oscar, Oscar Durandis doesn't just bring my steers. He brings the best help yeah. in the country. I got guys that have been to ropings and done several ropings, you know. So it's it's easy when you have a good team. And, and that's something I feel like that I'm finally starting to get ironed out at the Royal Crowns is get a good team. Yeah. And Lindsay's starting to get her a good team in the office and where it runs smooth. And we're just trying to make it where it's easy for everyone to enter. And we've got some things we're trying to work with to make it good. But, I mean, where it's where they enter online and stuff. And we got some little kinks to work out of it. But we're going to get it worked out. And So, lot, lot, I didn't mean to cut you off right there. All right. So, last question. Five years ago to today – you're probably, would you say you're ahead of where you thought you might be, or is this where you thought it'd be by here, by, in the first five years? Yeah, I really felt like I'd see where we're at now. I, I expect to, I, I expected it to be this big because I wanted to put on events and have a lot of added money. Yeah. And people go, holy crap, that was a hell of an event. You know, that, that them guys put on a hell of an event. And, and, and what's funny is when we first started, what's a couple team ropers going to be like putting on a barrel racing? Fair. Well, we, Pretty I've been good. enough of them some bitches. <laughs> I, I had a good idea what I needed to do and how to keep people happy. And uh, me and me and Levi, we, I mean, and we're, they're great to work with. You know, if we, if someone's got a problem, um, we talk about it, and figure it out. You know, something with our deal, we we tried to do the board deal, and the board deal couldn't ever get anyone to get on the calls. So we've pretty much done away with the board, and we're just strictly when we have to sit, make a decision, we'll call some stud owners send an email out see how they think and go forward with it so then the second half of that <coughs> last question is five years from now is there anything that's crystal clear as far as a goal or something you're working on or trying to get to well what i'd like to do is is now we've got the we've got some guys we partnered with in canada we got royal crown canada um i'd like to see the royal crown canada fill and do what we're doing down here which i think they will because i think They've never had that kind of money to run at and mm -hmm. opportunity. And so what my goal is eventually to be able to have an international event where I bring Canada horses and American horses, which a lot of them, both studs will be in both programs. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have an incentive to those stallions that did get in both programs for their offspring and have a big international event and hopefully make it my biggest one. Is it? Is there a day where there's something like Australia could be a part of something like that? When you say I don't international, know. I'd like, I would like to do. I'd like to do Brazil. I mean, I think Brazil's yeah, right. got badass barrel horses, and oh, I, I want to get where an event's big enough that we have a million dollar fraternity and we're running a million bucks, guaranteed million dollar payout, no matter so how many are entered. So, like the same way they're flying horses over for the Kentucky Derby, yeah, that they're bringing horses yeah. in for the million. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I'm 
you know, we're probably never going to build a comparison to the, like the Kentucky Derby, but it'll be in, in this industry. I think we'll see where it'll grow. And I mean, you got these other, other incentives that hopefully help to grow, you know, and it's, it's going to be exciting to see where barrel racing and team rope goes in the next 10 years. Well, if that same flight is bringing barrel horses, it could just as easily bring team roping horses, calf roping horses. I mean, there's a lot. Brazil. They train, Brazil they train is, them there. I mean, it's huge. It's Mexico. Amazing. Mexico, too. Mexico's got great rope horses. There's guys over there that are handy some bucks. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd love to get it where I got Mexico and Brazil and Canada and Australia. I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, I'd, I think it would be real neat, yeah. you know, but... And we'll see what happens. We're going to start with Canada and see where that goes. I wouldn't have guessed that in the first three or four years it had gotten where it's at. So yeah. nothing but blue skies. Well, Matt, appreciate you jumping on us. Hey, you bet. Informative. We'll talk soon. We ramble.